back to another episode of the SBK Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Stafford. Very pleased, as always, to be joined by the main men themselves, James Millman and Ross Miller. Week after week, we try and endeavour to bring you some winners. Last week was a challenge, but I'm delighted that James was able to steal the headlines with Protect Rat, who he was adamant would do the business. And Bridget Andrews on board gave a fantastic performance as well four to one that horse returned and it was James's nap as well so more of the same today and that horse will probably be featured in one of the main races as the form is working out incredibly well but guys it's been an interesting turbulent week in British racing and I think it's safe to say if any, if, if anyone wants to see Cheltenham returning that the racetrack that we we love to see real national hunt racing. The HQ of racing really reminds us of why we love this sport. It is returning to Cheltenham. And uh, James, I'm sure that after the weekend you have with Protect Rap, you're rolling from that and uh, hopeful to see the form book uh, repaying your faith uh, again at Cheltenham this weekend. Yeah, most definitely. And, and the form uh, is going to come to the fore from the Paddy Power, what was it, four weeks ago? And the market is interesting because... Uh, Laylor, who was third, he ran an absolute cracker on his debut for Paul Nichols, is a clear favourite. And, 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 and I did think that he would perhaps be my selection, but I'm quite surprised at the differential in the market between horses that, that beat him and, and were just behind him. Because I was, I thought Laylor could possibly sub at the three miles on his next start for Paul Nichols. Um, he obviously said on very well last time, and I think he's got every chance in this contest. But Midnight Shadow... He idled for me once he hit the front last time. That's why Protector Act got so close to him. I think he would have been better off if Paul Cody had actually stayed in his feet and, and given him a lead for longer. He's gone up £7. But the way he travelled throughout the race, I, I don't think that would have stopped him. And he is really a bit of an each-way value now in a contest. He loves Cheltenham. He was second at the meeting last year behind Chatham Street Lad. Um, the Paddy Power form is strong, um, as we've seen from what Protector it's done. And, and he beat... A lot of his rivals on that occasion, I think he might do it again on Saturday. So Midnight Shadow for me is just, just a bit too big a price. He's a little bit overlooked again, I think. Yeah, it's a fascinating betting market. Layla trying to reverse the form of Midnight Shadow, but he's got, got that weight swing now to, in his favour. 92 favourite, Dostal Phil, who was also in that race. 11-2, uh, to two, Silver Hallmark, 6-1, Fairnet, 7-1, Midnight Shadow. But you, James, is at 10-1. Cool Cody trying to come back after that. that really gut-wrenching gut fall is 11 to 1 along with Foozle Raffles which makes this race a bit more interesting having him in there Zanza also the same price Beakstown 15 to 1 Sapage 17 and Sheer Delac at 17 to 1 it's bigger than the rest but as James has mentioned Ross the, the first the third the fourth the sixth the 11th called Cody who fell it's a real rematch of uh, the Paddy Power chase in this as we said Protect Right giving that form of that race a huge boost is that where you're looking, do you think that's the, these are the horses that you need to uh, have faith in to, to repeat themselves now that what they're on the old course, which is interesting, um, or is there somewhere else there? It was certainly where I started, and I entirely back up what James has just said. I think Midnight Shadow has, has again been overlooked, and he, he does seem to get overlooked. Um, I'm still annoyed myself. I overlooked him last time, having been a, a follower. Um, he did only win by a diminishing distance. Um, and strictly speaking, Laylor was beaten two and a half lengths. Those still feel beaten three and a half lengths. They are weighted to, to reverse the form. But I entirely agree with James that he 
he pecked at the back of the last and lost a lot of momentum and then definitely idled up the hill. He was definitely valued for more than the official winning margins. And I wouldn't be convinced that Leila and Dost or Phil will get back past him. I think the old, the, the, this track will suit both of those better, but I think it arguably could suit Midnight Shadow better as well. Um, so of the ones reopposing, the one I thought was probably best treated at the weights was, was Cool Cody. He's five pound better off departed at the second last and, and it's foolish to make too much of a judgment but I'm foolish and I have made a judgment I don't think he'd have been beaten a long way you know he'll stay up the hill ironically when he fell last time before that he'd probably put him one of his most assured rounds of jumping certainly that I'd seen um, he, he's been a liability before and he'd actually looked very good and to be fair when he fell he didn't make a bad mistake he just didn't sort of didn't get the landing gear out and knuckled over so I was leaning towards cool Cody and then at the last minute, I've sort of swerved and and come back to one that's that's not run over fences for a while. Uh, it's Cyril Delac for the pipe team. Um, he was off just under a year, having moved from Nick Williams to the pipe team. Uh, he ran over hurdles at, at, at the meeting last time um, and ran very well for a long way and then got slightly closed off turning in um, and was given a fairly easy time of it and, it, and ended up being beaten a fair distance. Um, but he fell at the last in the Brown advisory two years ago, went in front, probably not going to win, but that was off a mark of 150. He then immediately had a wind up um, and then unseated at his first run for the pipes uh, in, at the Paddy Power last year. Um, and he's now back off a mark of 143. And I just thought that looked tempting. He'll like the slightly softer ground. The stiffer track should suit. And at 17 to one, I thought he was was definite value, whereas I struggled to pick my way through the others really to find uh, what I considered to be a value bet. Yeah, should should like eight year old feels like he's been around forever. I remember back in the day, going a long way back when Lizzie Kelly gave him a fantastic ride to win um, at the Cheltenham Festival. I think it's all the way back to twenty nineteen. He had likes the spirit of the games behind him. That day, it's really interesting what you say about Cool Cody. I had a word with Evan Williams only yesterday about his horse. He's actually, interestingly, what he really pointed out to me is the, is the track differences and his race record at Cheltenham on the new course compared to the old course. His, I think he's not from four on the new and he's won plenty of times on the old. So that's the, that's the big difference for him coming back onto um, the new course this weekend. Um, so a fascinating um, runner. Whether it, that whether he can be able to uh, um, defy those those odds that are against him, that would be in interesting. Shirdalak, so Midnight Shadow. Despite that weight swing, James, for you, that's where you feel he, you feel like he's still like a horse on the upgrade. Yeah, just just they were talking about King George, weren't they? In the, in the aftermath of that contest, it appears they might have changed their mind. They might actually do both. They've got another. 16 days or the two weeks after um after this but i just feel 10 to 1 i think he's overlooked and i agree with ross's comments about cool cody as well strictly on the weights you'd be surprised if he wasn't placed in, in the paddy power so he's an even bigger price he's another each way option so i think there's a lot of each way value um Laylor, paul might well get another improved performance out of him i just did think three miles might see him in, a, in an even better light i was just surprised he was so short at heading the market i, I think people have a little bit overreacted um, to train and switch once again, like they did uh, in the original Paddy Power contest. But I'm looking forward to it. And like I say, we've got that form line, basically a, a repetition of that contest minus protector outs and a few extras joining in. So, yeah, so it's going to be a, a fantastic handicap. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It, it definitely is, but I do believe that there'll be value round as well. I quite quietly fancy Zanza eleven eleven to one. I think that they they ran they ran him last time at the in the in the same race of Paddy Bell Gold Cup just to see whether he'll stay the trip. I think he did, but I think they might be a little bit more forward. Tom O'Brien with him this time. Um, he came from a long way back. He did stay on. He didn't overwhelm me, but I do think they might ride him a little bit differently um this time i do i just think that as you guys are saying 92 about layla is short enough um and i think that he could come there with a bit of running another horse silver hallmark is a fascinating contender considering the 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 now very good form line that he has with fiddler on the roof he's at six to one um he is a horse that needs to Essentially, he has lacks the experience over the fences, so it'll be interesting to see how Fergal O'Brien does with this horse with Nico de Boinville on board, which is an uh, interesting jockey booking. Haven't seen those um, team team up that often. Um, so we'll head on from the Racing Post Gold Cup Handicap Chase, as it's now called, into the three o'clock, which is the international uh, hurdle race over two mile one furlongs on the new course again and song for someone is back um he won this race in really dramatic fashion last year when they they had to cut out a load of the hurdles um he's five to two um market leader at the moment so royale 11 to four bally adam five to one guard your dreams 11 to two heaven help us from ireland at 12 to one hunters cool 13s as well as wild bar oscar ross i'll come to you first song for someone a horse that was back to his very best last time at Ascot, where he probably was just outstayed um, by Buzz in the end. Um, but he came out with a lot of exuberance. And I think the Tom Simmons team would be very pleased with that. The wind surgery must have done that, done its job. Yeah, I think so. I think they'd have been really, really happy um, having finished last season with two subpar runs. Uh, he did look back to somewhere near his best. Um, He's an interesting horse and that you sort of watch him over two miles and think, oh, he'd be crying out for a step up in trip. But then actually, when you watch him, he's probably just one of these horses that is a very strong stayer at two miles and 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 dropping back to two miles will allow Aidan Coleman to be as forceful as he dares. Um, this horse is an exceptional jumper of hurdles. He did win this last year when the hurdles were taken out. And of all the horses in the field, I am adamant that it would have inconvenienced him the most. Um, Tom is, is on record as saying that this horse loves to jump. Um, there's been a few bits on their social media over the years of, of this horse schooling. And I know James Nixon, who rode him early in his career, said the first time he schooled him was the fastest he'd ever gone over a set of barrels. Um, and, he's, and he's continued to do that from, from, from now till, till then. Um, so I thought he was a big price at five to two. I, I, I love So Royal, as we probably have all noticed um but i don't think he's going to get his ground and it does concern me that he's been on the go a, a fair bit now this will be the third run in in a, in a fairly short period of time um he didn't seem to quite run at his best at newcastle last time when the the, the ground went a bit soft and probably blunts his his speed slightly softer ground i don't think will inconvenience song for someone and i i of the others i barely add him at five to one i mean i I don't see what he's done to be five to one other than the colours he wears and the trainer he comes from. But he was he was well beaten at the festival over this course um, and his form doesn't amount to all much that much. Guard the Dreams was two and a half lengths behind Song for Someone at Ascot. And I would have thought dropping back in trip would inconvenience him more and, and benefit Song for Someone. The one that is perhaps interesting is, is Wild About Oscar. Um, he has posted some some good form but you would have to say every time he stepped up into a hot race he's he's fallen some way short of his best form so um he wouldn't be for me 
I'd be fairly confident Songpris will take a, a good bit of beating, provided it stays murky and they keep all the hurdles in and, and it is a proper jumping test. Yeah, I think it, it always has to be at Cheltenham, but in terms of the, the depth of this race compared to what Songpris someone had last year, he had an informed Silver Streak, he had an informed Baliandi off the back of his great win. He also had Soroyal. So it feels, I feel, uh, James, uh, a, a slightly easier contest. And so for someone clearly is coming into this in good spirit. Well, that pesky buzz got in the way, didn't he? Uh, and asked Scott to um, stop me having a repeat bid of back-to-back successes. Uh, good form, we you know how strong Buzz is actually stepping up in trip as well. He sees that to Zarowitz's trip. So he saw it out better than what Song for Someone did. Um, but I agree with your point about his window. I think it might have helped him over the summer. And I think we're all nearly in kind of agreement about Song for Someone. He deserves to be favourite and he's probably our most likely winner. He won the race last year. As Ross said, the hurdle has been removed, wasn't in his favour, but he still battled on, bravely denied Silver Street by nose. Hopefully that's not the case, but he beat Sir Royal on, on that occasion under those circumstances. And once again, Sir Royal's on run number four of the season like he was last year, and he probably wasn't quite at his best a year ago. Guard your dreams. You can certainly give him a little bit of squeak because he's an improver. He was a couple of lengths behind song someone at Ascot, but he beat Cool Cody in, a, in strong handicap form here in October. He is the horse on the up, but again, he's kind of held on that Ascot form. I kind of considered Bally Adam. But since he's had to be switched over to the Bromhead Yard, it hasn't really worked for him. He's kind of got weaker of each run and, and fences haven't seen him in, in a good light. So he's on a bit of a retrieval missile mission. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran well, but I don't think you can be putting him up. So Song for Someone is just a solid one. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a full house for Song for Someone. Heaven Help Us has got the Channel Festival winning form, but has struggled since stepping into uh, better company um, since that good win. Um, but she does come over as well from Ireland. But I'm with you guys. Song for someone looked like he was in great heart. And I think he ran a fantastic race. And speaking to the Tom Simmons team afterwards, they were delighted with him. Um, so let's hope that the buzz form continues to strengthen. And we can talk about whether um, how good that form is next week heading into the long walk hurdle. Um, but that is, looks like a full house for Song for Someone for the international hurdle. So let's hope for the Simmons team he can back up uh, that win last year. Um, moving on um, to the 3.35, the final race of the day at Cheltenham. It is the Close Brothers Mayor's Handicap Hurdle over two mile, four and a half furlongs. It's a, it's a good betting race. It's a good, interesting heat. It's all, I always find these Mayor's races quite tricky. You never know what type of, what mare, what type of form they're coming into um, and uh, what kind of indefatigables you might get because we didn't get to see the real deal of, of her last time out um she's currently second favorite at five to one the market is led by trapista um a um for the jp manners team at three to one martello sky at six to one winhouse seven to one along with her indoors hotter than hell and midnight reflection at 11s lost for glory 15 to one with runasimi river um and anything for love completes the field at 17 to one Ross, I'll start with you first. Lucy Wadham, she won this race last year with the White Mouse. Um, that was a great uh, victory with uh, Brownie Frost on board. She has Matello Sky, uh, who looks to be a, another strong mare. Um, slightly disappointing last time at Aintree. Uh, can you forgive her for that? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, Lucy Wadham's in good form. Um, I was a bit disappointed with her at, at Liverpool. I was quite sweet on her for that race. And, 
she just never really seemed to to go with a huge amount of fluency um, but she did close up at the line and uh, when you look at the form um, she finished in and around very solid 150 horses um, so she comes here off off 140 which is eight pound higher than her last win in March she got a pound back for for being beaten at Aintree um, and I could see this track really suiting her um, we spoke previously about her win at Market Raisin where she looked in trouble going down the back and 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 then one under her hands and heels in a hat canter um, so she does look like a strong stayer um, so I think uh, she's got outstanding chances. And from that market raising run, Earl of the Cotswolds has come out and won his next two. He's now rated 139. And she gave him three pound and a 12 length beating. So um, there is certainly reason to think that a mark of 140 is not beyond her. Indefatigable is a mare I do like, but I am prepared to forgive Martello Sky's last run at Liverpool. Indefatigable's last run at Newbury was, was very disappointing. Um, and I couldn't really see her turning that round in just in just two weeks. Um, and Trapista could be anything, but you wouldn't get me taking her at a, at a short enough price off the back of one run at Huntingdon, where she was very impressive. But the second and third have been well beaten in both their next runs since. Um, she did win very easily. But I think Martello Sky is a, is a solid option. Lucy Wadham's in good form. Aidan Coleman's won on her before. I thought there was a lot to like, and I thought six to one was a, was a, a very decent price. Yeah, definitely. The can't de deny the Lucy Wadden form. They're fascinating, these mares, aren't they, James? You can net, try to work out what, what form they'll come into, but and you know where they are indefatigable. I still can't work it out. Seems like the team responsible for her don't really know what happened last time out. Coming back into handicap company might be a bit of a confidence booster trying to look for, but off top weight that is always tricky. Matello um, Sky is not too far behind in terms from a weight perspective. Do you think there's any unexposed horses in there or do you think the class mare might come to the fore? Well, Trapista is obviously the easy unexposed one. We've only seen her once in the UK where it was a, a pretty easy success at 141 days previously. I'm not quite sure how strong a race that was. She was six to one, so she wasn't really strongly fancied for a JP horse uh, making her debut in the UK. But it was an easy success and given a mark of one three one. And interesting that they choose to go straight into a handicap rather than going for a mayor's novice where um, she would have had a, a double penalty. But some of these races are pretty weak. She's going in, in a much stronger contest. I don't really know enough about her to put her up. No, I slightly disagree. I, I thought Martello Sky actually ran all right at Aintree. I, I, I didn't expect to see the strong market support. I think she was about 10 to 1, I think, when we previewed the race. Uh, and then she ended up going off 130 joint favourite. And she's running against good class open horses. I felt she probably wasn't quite up to that grade, but I thought she still ran solidly. And now she's back against the mares, back into handicap company. She's consistent. She's on an upward profile. Um, Aidan Commons two from two for uh, Lucy Wadham's in absolutely fantastic form. Um, I thought, again, she was an each-way option that I'd be pretty surprised if she wasn't in the three. And then you've got that kind of trapeze might be very good. Indefatigable could come back in the form and you're still probably going to get your money back and a small profit. So... I think she's got a fantastic chance and Martello Sky is the one for me. We've got James and Ross both agreeing on Martello Sky. Um, very good cases for her. And I do like her. I just, I've, I'm always looking for a little bit more value. And I, for me, I, I fell down on Win House. Um, the Alan King team can't do any wrong. They had another good win with the Glancing Queen coming back to form yesterday, which I, which was fantastic to see. And this mare, 
yes, she's she's stepping up. She only got a three pound rise for her win at Wincanton uh, last month when she beat another Alan King horse and hotter than hell. And she had the she had Rose of Arcadia behind her, who has been promised to be a, a better mare than probably her mark is suggesting. She could be anything. Um, she definitely needs to improve on that. Um, but I like her chances at a slightly bigger price um, at seven to one. But as, as it stands, as we recall, that's only a point bigger than Montello Sky at six to one. And the guys have given me a very good case and it's uh, hard not to disagree. Um, but we will move on into our final race that we're going to preview, which is over at Doncaster. Doncaster's got some good racing on Saturday. Um, always tricky, uh, these juvenile races at this time of the year, I find. Um, you never really know what you've got ahead of you and how much they've achieved. Um, we probably still haven't seen some of the best of the juveniles uh, in the country yet. They've been waited on. But the Summit Juvenile Hurdle over two mile half a furlong has been won by some, some nice horses in the past. And we've got horses coming into this essentially off the back of some pretty impressive victories and Knight Salute is one of them for the Milton Harris team. He's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a revelation since uh, going hurdling um, from Andrew Baldings and he's at 11 to two. Porticello for the Moors. He is currently the favorite two to one. Two Friendly is at nine to two. Uh, we've got uh, Knight Salute, as I said, 11 to two. Impulsive one is at seven to one. Sacrapier 13s, Khaleesi 26s as well and new reality is in there too at 10 to 1 so he would have been just before uh sacre pierre um i will come to you first ross i find these races tricky as i said don't really know what they're what they've been beating form lines are tricky i did looking at the prices night salute 11 to 2 considering he's been to cheltenham um and he won a grade two looks to be overpriced you're basing it off of horses with slightly sort of more sexier profiles, perhaps, that are, are ahead of him in the betting. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, Porticello and Magistrato, before the start of the season, had arrived in this country from France with fairly strong reputations, hadn't finished first and second. And the chat, for what it's worth, was that Magistrato, who finished second, was actually the, the, the better horse. Hasn't looked that way so far. Um, Porticello looked very impressive um, when winning at Weatherby. Um, but on the face of it, he beat Sacre-Pierre, who's 113, um, by four lengths. He definitely was valued for more than four lengths. I'm, I'm certain of that. But I think he's got a bit to prove, and I'm surprised to see him as such a, a strong favourite. And then Magistrato won nicely at Chepstow, uh, but the form's been let down terribly. And he was, he was beaten by Knight Salute at Cheltenham. Um, I would imagine that the, the market is taking the view that, that Knight Salute might not be so effective on this slightly less stiff track um, and Magistrato might be more more suited um, but I thought Knight Salute was overpriced but then taking that theory the one that I thought was was probably more overpriced and perhaps open to more improvement is impulsive one um, he was beaten two lengths by Knight Salute at Kempton um, but he was giving him seven pound um, and he now gets five pounds so that's a fairly big pull at the weights once he was beaten at Kempton Daryl Jacob was very easy on him in the last 100 yards, and he then had a wind up. So I just wonder whether once push came to shove, Daryl heard something that wasn't quite right, didn't give him an overly hard time. He's had the wind up straight away. He's now back off this wind up. Um, and he was interesting to me at seven to one. Um, as you say, you, you couldn't truthfully be surprised if any of these won. 
um, because they will improve as they get more used to jumping. And this is probably going to be the first time they're going to race on proper winter ground. The ground is not desperate, but you'd certainly think that good to soft ground that's been rained on is very different to good to soft ground that's been manufactured by the clerk of the course. So um, certainly wouldn't be a race to go wading into, but I thought at seven to one, impulsive one uh, had enough going for him that interested me. Yeah, he he started his career um, with a very impressive victory um, at, uh, at Plumpton, backed that up. Um, and then, yeah, this wind surgery is is interesting. Um, so early on, so soon into his career, James Bowen is back on board, um, who won on him first time out. Um, I think they definitely thought a lot of him after those two first two victories. So interesting him now with... Uh, Back on, he gets a weight advantage off a, off a couple of these horses. James, um, interesting how uh, uh, Ross assesses this, looking at the track and looking at thinking of these young horses of what they what they've done. We've seen Magistrato. I I agree. Looked slightly uncomfortable at Cheltenham, where it's played to Knight Salute's strengths. Is that sort of uh, being part of how you've assessed this race, looking at Dunkester as more of a, a flatter, fairer track? Uh, yeah, I just like the juvenile races full stop because you've got a lot of form lines that are kind of come together. And, and I like Roscoe's point about impulsive one, actually, because it's a 12 pound turnaround with Knight Salute. The issue is he's American bred. The softer grounds might put a more stress on, on that fragile wind and it'd be a tougher test. Uh, on a Saturday, you look what is Bridget Andrews riding and too friendly is her mount for, for the weekend. And this horse she rode last time at Newcastle. That's traditionally a strong race. She beat Twilight Twist quite comfortably. Uh, the rain was starting to get into the ground at Newcastle. Uh, he stays further than his rivals did in the flats. Um, he ran in, in the King George handicap at uh, Royal Ascot. and he got beat eight lengths, beat six lengths by Dubai Honor in a very valuable handicap at Newmarket. So he's got that strong flat form. He's taken to hurdling well, like a lot of skeleton horses do. Um, I liked his win at Stratford when he beat Ocean Line, who, who perhaps hasn't gone on as suggested. Um, but he's done absolutely nothing wrong. And, and again, you might get a bigger price because Harry's not riding it and Bridget's on board. And, and that, that's worked out well in the podcast uh, in, in recent weeks. So two friendlies, the, the idea of a, of a winner for me. And, and, and I just think Porticello, the vibes were so strong at Weatherby. He jumped absolutely appallingly and had a pretty hard race um, when winning on that occasion. Magistrato, I think he might reverse the form with Night Sloop on a softer surface. Um, and Brani obviously takes a ride on him. And despite what's been going on, Brani's been riding exceptionally well. She, she's totally blocked everything out. And um, you've got to hand strong credit to, to, to how she's she's coped over the past few months. And I can see Magistrati probably being the main danger, but I do put my faith in Bridget Andrews and hopefully she can do it again with Too Friendly. Yeah, backing Bridget Andrews blind, I think, James Woman, um, and as deserved, she's been uh, fantastic. And um, this horse, too friendly at nine to two. I agree with you, James. I think that I, I rewatched that run last time um, out at Newcastle, um, where you couldn't see I a thought, great deal in that lovely weather. Yeah, couldn't see a great deal, and I, that's why I thought it was interesting. I read I read the comments afterwards saying that the wind, the bluster, and being a young horse dealing and coping with all of that was quite interesting, and being a Camelot who they can be quite tricky, another son of motivators, uh, uh, Monjour, sorry, um, who's doing quite well. I don't think doing too badly as a as a jump sire. Um, Sir Eric, the ill-fated horse, was one of them that 
converted to hurdles quite well. I agree with you. I like him um, at seven to one. Um, and sorry, nine to two. Apologies, seven to one about impulsive one. And Bridget Andrews riding at the top of the game must echo your sentiments about Brownie Frost. An absolute credit um, to the sport to see her come out and just do the let the riding do the talking. Um, and I wish her the best um, for her rides this weekend. Um, we've come to the end. We've got great racing at Cheltenham, guys. Great, brilliant to have it back. Um, two days of the international meeting. I think it's good, good to soft ground, which they're getting there with the winter with the winter. Um, ground that they're, they're hoping for and um, let's hope we can see some spectacular races um, we want to get to our naps but before we do that must say that new sbk customers get their first 40 pound in bets refunded as cash if they lose we don't think any of these will lose do we any of our naps but just in case um, definitely the form that I've been in, bit patchy. Um, we will uh, give you that offer. We'll go to James first. He's he's the man in form um, with a nap and an each race selection. I'm going to keep the faith with horses and riders. So the nap is going to be Bridget Andrews on two friendly. Uh, like I say, I was impressed with the Newcastle win in tough conditions last time. He's handled soft ground. He's got the best flat form. And I think he's probably a little bit overpriced again. And my next best is Midnight Shadow. I, I thought it was a fantastic effort. When he won the Paddy Power, yes, he's badly off at the weight to his rivals, but I think he could have won further. And he's an each way price once again. So even if he does get caught, I think you're going to make a nice profit on Midnight Shadow at one of his favourite tracks. 10 to 1 for Midnight Shadow and 9 to 2 for 2 friendly for James. And over to Ross. You've, we've, we've seen your naps land. You can do it again. Where, where are we going? So... The nap is is Martello Sky uh, by virtue of price. I think Song for Someone's got outstanding chance, but let's be a bit brave and go for the slightly bigger bigger price horse. I think Martello Sky in the three thirty five at Cheltenham's the nap, and then the next best going to Doncaster, the last race of the day, horse called Corto Rico, who was entered up in the racing post Gold Cup, um, and I would have given a bit of a squeak in that. Presumably connections feel this is the easier option. And the thing that interests me is he's, he's down four pounds and went a good fourth in the Paddy Power Gold Cup on his reappearance in 2020. But his reappearance form, he won on reappearance in 2017. He was, well, he unseated on his debut in 2018 at the first fence, then won on his second start. So let's call that his first proper start. He was then 100 to one second in 2019 in the Peterborough Chase and then followed up fourth last year in a strong Paddy Power Again, at a big price. Um, he's £4 now below that mark. First time out looks to be the chance to catch him. Up in trip should suit him up to two mile, seven and a half furlongs. Um, I think he's a he's a, a solid bet. 11 to 2 for Puerto Rico. And he's got Brian Hughes back on board, who's a, a winning companion. Um, and that's a, that's a nice booking for Tom Gratton. So Puerto Rico as the next best for Ross. I am going to go back to as my nap the horse that we've also all agreed on um that song for someone in the international hurdle at five to two um we've all believed that he can back up his win from last year uh, so hopeful that he can do that and um in the racing post gold cup um zanza is my each way play at 11 to one um so we have got 
a good full house of selections and hoping that uh, the racing will do its talking this weekend as we love to see it at Cheltenham. Uh, James and Ross, thank you for joining us um, again. We'll be back next week and we're heading closer to Christmas. It's going to get very busy, plenty of races to get our teeth stuck into. Um, make sure to like, subscribe and uh, listen in again next week. And thank you for joining us again. Thank you.